In our last episode, we talked to Alex Clark, who is the owner of Open Eats in Summerside, PEI. I wanted to keep the discussion of food going for our second episode of the season. Don't worry, though, this isn't going to become a trend on the show. This week, we take you to the hub of the podcast in Toronto, Ontario, to talk about the food consumption habits of people under the age of 30, or under the hill. Are you getting the name reference now? When I chatted with Alex, the topic of chef's plate and blue apron came up. I briefly explained during that episode what they are, but essentially you log on to a website for these services, you pick a couple of meals that you want to eat the following week, and then you deliver a box with all the ingredients and instructions on how to cook said meal inside. HelloFresh is another provider that's similar. If you listen to podcasts like this one, you may have heard them being advertised on there before. The reason why I'm bringing all this up is because those services are going to come up in the conversation with this week's guests. This week, we're turning our attention to the consumer to see what their eating habits are. Stay with us. Winston Chow is 27 years old and a web developer in Toronto. We met each other at Ryerson University, where we both went to school. He was the photographer for the Rams varsity teams, and I was a broadcaster slash reporter. We were also both lucky enough to go to Sochi, Russia in 2014. He went there for the Olympics for the Canadian Olympic Committee, and I was working the Paralympics for the IPC. Ever since graduating, we still make a point to meet up once a month for coffee to shoot the shit and talk about life and our careers. Winston, I must say, was one of the biggest proponents of this podcast getting off the ground. It turns out that Winston is also a big fan of buying local produce. I hope you're not too full after listening to the first episode of this season. This is the Under the Hill podcast. And one of our coffee meetups... Uh, you had mentioned, I bounced this idea off of you, how it seems to be this trend that people really enjoy buying local produce, or it seems to be some sort of trend. And you had mentioned this story to me about how you'll sometimes go to a grocery store and only search for a certain product. Can you elaborate on that for me a little, a little bit? I mean, I think it's a, I think we forget sometimes where that we <laughs> that by living in a capitalist society and like you have your means of voting and supporting something extend to what you buy right and i think i think as we become more cognizant as a society of where our food comes from or just where the things in our daily life come from right it's you start to be it, you start to realize that like some of those things that seem like they were previously siloed like caring about the environment and also caring about what you put in your body you can kind of find places where those two sort of intertwine and i guess that extends to like when you make food every day right it's a matter of do you like how how my i think i think my specific example was like ontario broccoli like i don't i don't buy broccoli for half the year because it comes from the u.s but it's also because it's smaller right it's not it won't get as much for the same price so it's almost two birds with one stone when it's in season 
right? It's all the more reason to buy it in season because it's produced locally, so you're supporting local economy, and then you're also you're also getting more for your dollar, right? So as as a as a very basic needs scenario, it it that it satisfies that as well. Was there a deja vu moment where you realize, well, like I gotta buy this local Ontario broccoli because it tastes a certain way, or was this sort of something that grew over time to be what it is what it is now? I think it's something that came over time. It's just something that you you know I, I became curious about, right? It just personally, it's just like where, what is my place in the world type thing, and that you know one of those things like I. I think some sometimes people who either try to be realistic or be cynical will say that you can't save the world, and it's like it's probably true, but you can you can make an impact, right? And you can you can your small choice makes a difference in some way, shape, or form. So it was kind of like it, it would kind of those kind of decisions kind of started coming at a time where it's like you know how people people in the past never always had access to this kind of stuff, so it was always. It's like, why do we have it now? How do we have it now? How does how does it get here? Type thing, right? And then it it, it inevitably like it, there there are so many degrees of separation that it's like you can kind of draw a weird line, and it's just it's just a choice. It, it all boils down to a choice, right? It's like I don't I don't want to support this many. I don't want to support this financially because it has to get trucked here and has to, you know, it's potentially money away from. You know, taken away from local local farmers and stuff like that. Do you notice a difference in taste at all? Probably, probably just because yes, technically, I guess just because it's because if it's in season, it's and it's sourced locally, it's probably picked or produced closer to to ripeness or whatever whatever the optimal t- period is for for that particular food stuff. And so, I suppose yes, it t- probably tastes. Closer to, I guess this is probably more apparent with fruits than it is with. Yeah, I was going to mention like bananas. Uh, if they're in season, then they there's a ton of them. They taste like really good. Whereas if it's not yeah. in season, then it you know it's a little bit more. I don't. I, I can't really place the texture, but it it does taste a little bit different. I find. Yeah, like I think since we're doing this in August, like I think stone fruit right now is a great example. Right, like I don't like now. Now is the time where it's like, oh, I'm gonna buy peaches. Oh, it just so happens that peaches are they're like they're Ontario peaches. And so like, this is a good time. This is the time of year to get peaches. Yeah, yeah, and peaches, plums, nectarines. All like February, stuff. I think is the time whenever bananas really come into bloom, or early July is whenever strawberries are around and yeah. strawberry fields come up. So there's different cycles for sure for for different produce. And yeah, I'm sure that probably impacts things a little bit as well. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know anyone else that's you know things like this or, or operates like this where they go to a grocery store and um they they seek out this locally produced stuff probably not i think i think honestly we're the only like you're the only friend i've talked to about that just because we talk about these weird mundane things about our everyday lives <laughs> yeah. so yeah i don't i don't really know anybody else personally who does that i'm sure there are people out there you know the people who have wind up building a large following on Instagram because that's their thing about healthy eating. They probably end up doing that. I, I mentioned at the top of, of this like trend of sorts. Yeah. Um, there's different elements of this trend, whether it be someone like you that's that's going to a, um, a grocery store to seek out something in particular, but there's also this other trend of 
uh, Blue Apron in the U.S. and it's branched into Canada with Chef's Plate. I've been around it, I guess, for the better part of almost a year. My my roommate Josh, who you'll hear later on in this podcast, um, hopefully, Josh, coming for you. Just a quick update. We never did get my old roommate Josh McIntyre for this episode. He ended up moving to California in October. He he was very into Chef's Plate, loves it, and over the last month, uh, I've got two of my brothers to actually pop onto it as well because they feel as though it's it's helping them make meals. Um, as millennials as we are, do you think that it's appealing to you know have these things available to to them because there's so many other fast food options around? Yeah, just for clarity, like chef pl- chef's place kind of like a grocery. Like, is this, is one of those like you order a set and it like, arrives in a box of like ingredients, basically? Or yeah. It- so for those who who don't know on the podcast, as well as Winston, <laughs> uh, chef's plate is essentially you go on their website. Uh, they have different meals for the week uh, picked out. There's about like eight options or something like that, and you pick um, one or two meals that. Uh, you can order so what they do is they send all the ingredients for this meal it comes with a recipe card uh, telling you all the ingredients how to make it and then you have all the different materials there and like these perfectly packaged things like sometimes you have to cut up onions or peppers or what have you not hard but it's those sort of things put together and then you make it yourself so not only is it this almost sensation of hey i can make this like this is not that hard but it also gives you a a healthy recipe um an option to go back to in the future to uh make again at at a different point yeah i mean i think it definitely has merit like it's i think we forget that there's we have so much to deal with now in life that it's like I think to get, like anything, to get really good at cooking or food preparation or even food selection, right? You have to invest a lot of time into it. And, like, as for for, for people like you and I, like, we, we have careers. We're starting our careers. We're in the early stages of our careers, right? And so things come up in life, right? Like, you things that you never really anticipate that could take time away from the time that would normally go to picking out food and then cooking food and then preparing food. And then... The, I think we forget that, like, it doesn't happen instantly. Like, everybody's everybody has a horrible story, probably, of, like, screwing up their first fried egg or something like that, or a scrambled egg, or, you know, you undercook your fish by accident, right? And, and it's... Having, having something like this, and I like to look at it, like, try to draw the parallel with, like, starting a professional career, right? It's having a service like, um, like Chef's Plate or Blue Apron, it basically helps you maintain momentum in terms of uh, when it comes to learning the skill of cooking. So you can't rely on, I, I don't believe you should rely on it as a crutch forever, but if it gets you past the hurdle of trying to pick something and it just, it makes you a better uh, person in terms of food preparation, then that's, you're making progress in terms of then learning the skill of cooking. And if you decide you like it and you want to stay on that path, and you can financially support it, then by all means, right? You can you can keep going down that path. Or if you find that hey, I don't want to keep paying for this anymore, um, and I can I know now how to at least cook food properly. Now I can spend time on how to prep food properly, right? So it's there are so many options for you to go from there. 
and it's no longer just about where you know I, I think the story for myself is always like I always used to joke with friends when I was learning to cook was like I'm kind of waiting for the day where I food poison myself or you know commit an act of food poisoning because I screwed up something in the kitchen because that like that was that was probably the old school way before right not not necessarily food poisoning yourself but taking risks with yourself right because there weren't these services available so I'm going to use my little brother Matthew as an example because he's the latest uh uh, family member to try out chef's plate and Matt's this is not a, uh, a knock on you but Matthew just graduated from UMB he uh, started a new job in Charlottetown he's 22 years old um, for the majority of his life he was living at, at home where there was uh, home-cooked meals or he was making simple meals uh, off a of university um, or eating Domino's <laughs> Domino, there was a lot of Domino's pictures and Snapchats over the last few years. It's too bad they only rolled out their their loyalty program now. He right? probably would have racked right? up a lot of free pizzas. Oh, <laughs> Rars and Domino's would have got so many options. Oh, um, but no, just someone like him, like you haven't had the either time. Uh, he was in engineering, so engineers do not have a whole lot of time <laughs> but now you know you have this sort of nine to five job and you have some time in the evenings um and the potential to eat healthier uh and this is sort of the time where you know people are uh it's the age where people are trying new things and finding out a lot about themselves and so for someone like that and different millennials i can personally see uh, how that would be appealing. And I know from trying it myself a few times, it is like it's a fun way. It, it, it makes you feel accomplished that, you know, hey, this is the picture of how it looked on the recipe card. And this is what mine looks like. Hey, like this looks pretty similar. And it's almost a, a sensation of self accomplishment uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what I think that's important when you're trying to develop any skill early on, right? To, to have that feeling of self accomplishment. So you've never tried chest plate before then no i'm too frugal for that kind of stuff what do you mean like i just don't want to spend the money on it right i think to because because then for me like i'm an overthinker so then i worry like where's it gonna where's the food gonna sit like when i don't pick it up right and i don't want to ship it to work because that means i have to carry it home from work type deal and i don't want it to sit at the concierge in my in my condo kind, kind of deal and i think the other thing too it's like i Again, this is a conscious decision for me to to want to be invested in in learning how to cook and learning how to do meal prep and all that sort of stuff. And so it's like I do. So again, it's that two birds with one stone scenario where it's I don't want to pay money for this, and if I try to do it with myself, then I'll like I'm inevitably learning a skill I want to learn. So it, there, there's no reason for me to personally want to do it. So you haven't personally done it. But by buying this uh, local produce, like we talked about at the start of, of the podcast, um, does it entice you to you know try new meals and and cook for yourself? I haven't really gone there yet. Like I do cook for myself, um, but for me, I think it's more about just getting into the rhythm of cooking for myself. So I don't. So like right now, basically half the for half the week, I basically eat the same meal, but and and basically i buy the same things right and then now but i but i've only been doing that for about a year so only now started to get started to get back into this is like the next cycle of things that are in season so i guess for, for to go into detail i basically eat like my lunch for like half the week is chicken breast mushrooms potatoes and uh rapini 
And then I think last week, because broccoli is starting to come back into season, I added broccoli. Right, it was Ontario broccoli. So now, now it's kind of the time where like, oh, okay, let's let's see what else is in season, right? I think in potatoes, you can all in the potato area. It's, you're, I'm pretty much okay because we just buy PEI potatoes or, you know, what, uh, yay, that's a ca- Canadian potatoes, right? And so it's that that that's that's kind of the the safety there. But it's it's just a matter of for me, it's a matter of getting into doing meal prep regularly as opposed to experimenting on new things right now. Um, and I, I don't, I think I'd rather, I'm at, a, I'm at a current phase where I want to build efficiencies into how I cook in terms of time, as opposed to trying new things. Not that I'm not open to trying new things, but I realize that like that could take a lot of time. So we're here in Toronto, and uh, we're talking about chefs plate and whatnot. But I find most interesting about these sort of options that are available is that there's now so much available food-wise, especially in uh, Toronto. And uh, with my brothers now, it's it's expanding on the East Coast as well. But in Toronto, it is absolutely insane as to how many options are, are available to you. You've got the grocery stores. You've got the chef's plates. You've got Uber Eats. You've got pretty much a restaurant or fast food joint within at least five minutes from you if you're living in the downtown core like we are you know fedora like there's so much available to to you and because of that uh why i guess do you think it it an option like this chef's plate is is so popular to to uh millennials i guess in particular like ourselves i mean from the money side and you can probably talk very money conscious like i think from the money side, it's in the middle between going out to eat and making your own food. It's more expensive than making your own food, but it's cheaper than going out. Plus, because it's prepared by actual professionals, you can kind of you can get you get all the pieces of a of a of a restaurant meal, right? So if you, even if it doesn't look the same, chances are if you follow the recipe, it'll taste the same. Which in in a private environment, that's all that really matters, right? So I think that's why that's why that kind of service can take off and i think people in general are just they're conscious enough about what they eat but they may not have it may not be a priority for them in terms of time so this is again it fills that niche of like hey i want to do want to eat healthy or i want to make sure i'm eating the right things and i don't want to pay and and i'm willing to pay to have somebody at least pick the things for me right again it's that it's that happy medium sort of yeah is it sustainable I guess we'll find out because we'll find out based on how many of these businesses and services live or die, right? That's that's the nice thing about a capitalist society. You'll know if it's sustainable if it survives a couple of years. Yeah, no, it's um, it's an interesting time. I, I just find it so interesting because there is so many options available to to us on a daily basis. We're being plastered with you know, uh, something as easy as Uber Eats when you can have food delivered to your door in like 20, 30 minutes uh, with like five touches of a thumb, Yeah. you know, um, and a credit card, of course. Yeah. But uh, it, it's just so easy to get things now that, but yet there's still people using these different uh, services and, and they seem to be, they seem to be thriving from what I can tell. So. Yeah. And I mean, I think just like, just like a, you know, young professional careers now, like the way, the way in which people our age 
navigate our careers now like i think the way we live too is going to start become hyphenated right like yeah some days some days are uber eats days right some days are domino's days that's definitely the case for me right but they're all like that we i think we're also cognizant that like that can't be every day right there are going to be some days where you need to cook your own food or prep your own food or at least eat healthier right mm. so i think the days of soul sourcing are long gone and we we just like to have many slices of pie as opposed to having an entire just a single pie right that was winston chow he's a web developer in toronto that does it for episode two of our show if you know someone that might have an interesting and intriguing story to tell or a trend that should be discussed tell me about it i can be found on twitter or facebook at ryan b mckenna that's all one word ryan b mckenna Special thanks this week to AT Media and Entertainment, which provided editing help for this episode. Alicia Sani is an editor on the show. Music this week is provided by Bray Skierman. This was the Under the Hill podcast with Ryan McKenna. Thanks for listening, and so long now.